Blog Talk Radio.
I want to I want to welcome everybody to the broadcast of Reality in Christ Worship Radio Worship in Word. I am your host, Reverend Thomas Dwayne Smith, and I have my I have my producer Tahiti Martinez here with me. And so today is going to be a very special broadcast. But first, before we go any further, we're going to open up with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Our God, we're thankful for the opportunity to once again host worship in words, reality in Christ, worship in words, delivering the realness of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to speak your word, to be a word of encouragement in due season and out of season. We say that we love you. And we bless you. And Lord, I ask for special blessings over my over my producer and over our guest today, Pastor um, Bruce E. Rivers. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Kaisis, I want to thank you for uh, you know working with me today. Just. Uh, Helping to make this a powerful and a phenomenal opportunity, and for everyone in the background, I apologize. I'm in a public setting. I'm at Wendy's, but you know what? It doesn't matter because, regardless, the word must go forth. So, we are going to open with praise and worship because those of you who remember from previous times past, you know that we always started with about 10 to 15 minutes of worship and work. So the first song that I am going to play is Alabaster Box by C.C. Wyman. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the worship of our Lord. Folks whisper, there's no place here for 
that was CC Winans with Alabaster Boston. Our next song is another worship song. Um, due to the fact that we lost a lot of our songs, they got erased. So we will only be playing two worship songs, but that's okay because we'll get right into the word after I um, say what I have to say. And it needs to be said. So, could you go ahead and cue up the next worship song for us? My soul 
All right, folks, I apologize for that because I'm sitting in the public Wi-Fi spot and my connection, internet connection got kicked, but my I was still on the phone call. So all I got to say to that is the devil is a liar because I have something that I am going to address before we bring on Pastor Rivers because I want to give him as much time as he needs. As he wants. But first of all, there's been some issues within the pro life movement that is really, really eating away at me. I'm not going to name specific names, but I'm going to say this the war that's that's been declared on pro-life groups by other pro-life groups, even though they don't refer to themselves as pro-life groups, and other things that's going on, it needs to stop. And I'm going to quote one scripture, Luke 11:17, which says this, a kingdom divided against itself falls into desolation, and a house divided against the house cannot Folks, I really don't know what you're doing. And and to those of you who think you have more God than other people that gives you the right to go around slamming and being very judgmental of people, you need to get over yourself. Because the Word of God is very clear. We have specific functions in the body. But you cannot say to another part, is performing another function or duty that you are not important because you don't do things the way I do it. I'm going to quote a full scripture, and then this is, this is all I'm going to say. But if I address this issue anymore on my show, I'm going to name names, and I'm going to call you out publicly, and I am going to embarrass you. Because as it is, you've already, some of you individuals have already made comments about me by virtue of the fact that I consider myself pro-life and that my Friday show is called Pro-Life Friday's Radio. So here's the scripture, and this is something maybe you need to chew on for a while. And unlike the translators of the Bible who broke the entire scripture into two verses, I am going to quote the whole thing. So listen carefully. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So to those of you who like to, who like to inaccurately accuse someone of going to hell and condemn them to hell, what gave you the right to do something that Jesus himself didn't even do? He told the unbelievers to repent, go, and sin no more. That's all he ever said. But if you want to effectively reach 
those in the pro-abortion community effectively, you better start truly being like you thought of the earth and stop puffing your chest out thinking you're better than anybody else. I love you all, and if I didn't, I would be standing because it's better me than the Lord to uh, allow the enemy to wreak havoc and destroy God doesn't do it because he already judged our sins through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what happens when you live a lifestyle of sin, God's hands are tied, and therefore Satan kicks our butt. But folks, figure it out. And that's all i got to say. Having said that, I want to bring on one of the most godly and loving people that I've ever met. And uh, we was chatting yesterday or day before, whenever it was, and uh, he was telling about how a lot of a lot of kids that call him Papa Bear. And when you see this man, and he is a man of God, he's like a teddy bear, the kind of person that little kids love to go up and hug. This is a man of God who truly loves the Lord, and um, he's going to share his, his story of triumph over tragedy as um, being a victor in the midst of adversity. And after he says his story, he's probably going to give a word to the people. It doesn't matter because he has a word for somebody. But that's a Welcome to the relaunch of reality in Christ worship the word, my friend. Praise the Lord, my brother. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you very well. You sound good. I hope Praise. I apologize for the momentary uh the deadness, but my internet connection was lost. My, my brother, but, God knows all things. You know, I I'm out here in California. God bless you all on Blog Talk Radio. And the program here, I, uh, I want to thank Brother Brother Thomas for this opportunity to be 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 at the the maiden voyage of relaunching. Amen. We're in a relaunch state ourselves. Amen. I'm the pastor yes. of the Greater Greater Exodus Baptist Church, the Western Mission in Los Banos, California, in the Central Valley, and it's been raining out here. Praise God. We haven't had any rain that much this year. We've had two days so far this year. And uh, the reservoirs are pretty pretty dry. Uh, matter of fact, our governor declared a state of emergency, a drought emergency. And I I live next to one of the largest reservoirs in California, and it's you can walk a quarter of a mile from the road uh, before you wow. catch water. So yeah, it's serious out here in California. Uh, but you know, to God be the glory. He knows what we have need. There must be some praying people because he has let it rain for two days, uh, one one last month and one this month so far, and Amen. a little little snow on the mountains also. So I thank God for this opportunity to to be with my brother uh, Thomas to relaunch his ministry, uh, Blog Talk Radio. I, I'm, I'm I'm certainly grateful. We just finished service. Our, I'm a new church planter. I'm a Southern Baptist church planter. Uh, with the California okay. Southern Baptist Convention, and but don't let that scare you because I'm a Baptist Amen. Uh, I grew up in the 
I grew up in the Baptist Church and in the Church of God and Christ over in Seaside, California, Bethel Baptist Church, under Dr. H. H. Luss Sr. and uh, Bishop uh, S. R. Martin and W. W. Hamilton over at Greater Victory Temple in Seaside. And uh, so I've been singing and praising God for a long time. Been, been, been blessed more than enough, but God has saved me from me. Amen. And how many people Amen. know that's where we get saved from? I ain't worried. I'm not blaming it on nobody else because everything happened to me, I gave approval to and did. And so thank right. God. God is more than a God of a second chance. He's a God of another and another. Because, I mean, some people, if, they, if you, you can hear my voice, you just need to raise your hand and say, I needed more than two. Amen. And uh, I'm glad he's there for me. Um, I'm going to share quickly uh, some of my story. Uh, of course, I met Brother Thomas at our Cure Pastors Network uh, under uh, Ms. Star Parker out of Washington, D.C., and Lonnie Poindexter. Uh, we we met under the, the Second Amendment Conference there, and then we also had another one under the Gosnell uh, trial, the, 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 the March for Life situation, Sanctity of Life, and so what a, what a, what a wonderful young man this man is for his talent, and... Uh, I thank God for just this opportunity. I am a post-abortive father. What does that mean? That means that uh, I suffered two abortions that I know about uh, through the hand of my high school girlfriend, and we didn't know what we were doing. I'm not blaming her. Uh, she did the first one. Uh, she already had a child, and she figured she couldn't bring another one in, but she told me after the fact. I was in college in Oakland. I wanted to be a raider and trying to have a good time, and I would go see her, and I got a little scholarship down to Southern California. Went down and uh, played football down there and then went home one weekend, and she told me she had had an abortion. This was in 1975, uh, and then 20 years after I found out in 2012, my mother had they tried to get her into aborting me. So... This whole synopsis and scenario of my life and where God has me, I found out after. Uh, she had the second one. She actually called and told me she was pregnant this time, and we discussed it, but she went ahead and she almost died in Planned Parenthood in Monterey, California, uh, and um, she almost hemorrhaged that night. And that basically destroyed our relationship. She went on with her life. I went on with mine. And some 30-plus years later, at my brother and my pastor now, Pastor Dr. Reverend Dr. Herb Luss II in Philadelphia, I was there for a LEARN conference. And I had an epiphany in my life. They asked a question that will forever uh, bring me to realization. It, the question was, how has abortion affected you and your community? I had already just learned about all of the stigma and all of the the problems and things we were having from Margaret Sanger and her, her vile uh, Hitler manifesto to control black and brown people and, uh, and take life. And that program was called the Negro Project, and of which they tried to get my mother to take me in 55 because she was married and she already had a child. And so they invited her to come, but she left and took me to Carolina where she gave me to my mom and dad, Johnny and Loretta, which I didn't find out I was even adopted until 2007. 
Hallelujah. So what a wonderful thing. Met my mother, and then September 2012, she shared with me that story, and she died in November. And so I've oh, wow. already been working working in the pro-life movement since 2007, eight, with stars, and I have learned so much, and I've been sharing it with my friends. Of course, I, you know, you run up against uh, a lot of opposition when you, I'm a conservative pro-life African-American pastor, and so, you know, most folks think we're just supposed to be over in the other camp, you know, and I'm not a, a Democratic-Republican, I'm a biblical worldview Christian. And those of you who are listening today, you are a Christ-centered person. That's why you tuned in today. You want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because without Christ being crucified, without Christ uh, being laid in a borrowed tomb, without Christ rising on the third day, uh, his story makes us have a story. So I'm grateful for that today uh, as we prepare to uh, launch out in this message um, um, I want to talk about something since it is Black History Month, and I give God the glory. I, I just finished a sermon, a sermon at my own church, and uh, but God gave me this word for this audience for this day. And those of you, uh, if it's all right, if I start, Brother Brother Thomas, unless you got something you want to say, uh, absolutely. The time is yours. Take your take your hey. time. The time is yours. Amen. Amen. For those of you that are sitting, uh, hopefully you're not distracted somewhere. I know it's Super Sunday, amen, and everybody's getting ready to, to watch that big game. But I want you to know every Sunday Super with Jesus, amen? Because uh, had he not got up on early Sunday morning, we wouldn't eat. That's the only, that's the Super of Supers, amen? He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And I give him the glory today as we go into this message. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for another Super Sunday. Lord God, you are the super of all the Super Bowls. You you came and you played a game, Lord God, and the devil thought he had you. But, Lord, I thank you that you had your father watching over you, and just as he watches over us. And hallelujah, just like you said, you went into the tomb. Three days and three nights you stayed there. And hallelujah, early Sunday morning you got up with all power in your hand. And you got up with all power and you thought about Bruce. And you thought about Thomas. And you thought about every other individual. And if you just want to say your name as I pray, recognize that God thought about you when he got up. He knew this day was coming, and he knew we would need a Savior. So, Father, thank you for that. As we go into your word, in the name of Jesus, anoint me, hide me behind the cross, give me the understanding you would have me give, that our ears and our hearts be receptive and open. In Jesus' name, amen. If you got your Bibles, go to the Daniel. I like Daniel today. He's, he's, a, he's a great prophet of God. He's he blessed us with his life, with his dream interpretation, and with his purposing in his heart to fully follow God. Him, Shadrach, and Abednego. Those, those four young boys taken away in captivity. Hallelujah. But they never gave up on the Lord. Amen. How many people know God didn't give up on them either? 
Hallelujah. You can say amen anytime you want to. I probably will be able to. If we all shout amen enough, we might be able to hear it. Amen, even though we're not on the air. Amen. If you go to Daniel chapter 2 and verse 45, I'm going to read one verse for you, and uh, you can follow. And I like what uh, Miss this one preaching, Miss Jazzy, I like her. She said, when you get there, say word. Amen. When you get to Daniel chapter 2, verse 45. Daniel chapter 2, verse 45. One more time for the Holy Ghost. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 45. Amen. And then the word of God reads like this. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God had made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain. And I want you to focus right there. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Reading from God's word, Daniel 2.45, may the Lord have a blessing to rehearing and doing of his holy word today. Just for a moment, I'd like to talk to you about a stone of hope. Amen? A stone of hope. Praise God. As I said when I started, uh, we now are in what we call in this country Black History Month. Amen? And, and, and I'm glad we get a month, but I'm just like Dwayne, you ought to understand, this is another moment in black history today. You, you by, by starting this show again, this is another moment in the history of, of a black man that you are, are taking the Internet by storm. You are reaching God's people using the tools that are available to us. And so I thank you that right now you are creating black history. So you ought to be happy about that. Amen. So I, I want you to understand, in, in dealing here, as I introduce this, as God uses me, I want you to think back. Have, have anybody paid close attention to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's last words, his famous words, delivered in 1963? Certainly most of you or most of us remember the words. If you were there and I was uh, at that time, I was eight years old, and if you weren't there, you heard it because every first of every year we have a Martin Luther King march for the last 20-some years, 30-some years, and some of those words said, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty we're free at last. But, but there... From those words, we have countless metaphors and hyperboles that, that that speak to the heart of America's troubles, and that's where I'm at today. One phrase, when expanded upon, gives a very clear vision of this meaning. In, in Washington, D.C., and I know me and Dwayne Thomas, we just saw this statue. It's a 30-foot statue of the Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King, which now stands in D.C. as a memorial to the man and his dream of a united America. Yes, I did say a united America, not a divided America. 
the inscription on the memorial, hallelujah, uh, which shows Dr. King standing with his arms folded, amen, as, as if on a 3D screen from the side of the mountain, says, out of the mountain of despair, a stone of hope. The inscription was taken from that speech that we talked about, the I Have a Dream speech, which was delivered on the Washington Mall in the summer of 1963. In that speech, he mentioned Stone Mountain of Georgia. Amen? Stone Mountain, to those who remember or have since heard, was a symbol of racism and a symbol of the old South. Amen? And in 1915, the second Ku Klux Klan was reborn on Stone Mountain. A permanent memorial to the Confederacy was carved in the side of a Stone Mountain by a famed sculptor. His name was uh, Gutson Borblum. When, when Dr. King spoke about Stone Mountain in 1963, it had become a symbol of racism. A symbol of segregation and hatred. I remember uh, two years before we came to California, you know, living in Carolina, I knew about Stone Mountain from my parents as they talked about these things. And this mountain represented everything that brought despair to, to poor black people, to poor Asians and Hispanics and immigrants and all of the groups that were a target of the hatred that was in America at that time. When blacks saw Stone Mountain, it brought them very hard memories of despair and, and it stirred up ill feelings down inside of us. But, but, but after Dr. King's death, something started to happen in Georgia, as it did across the land. And, and this is where our, our hope is, amen? The state of Georgia now runs Stone Mountain. The figures of the Confederate leaders are still carved into the side of the mountain, and, and thousands of people come every year to see. However, now they don't only come to see the symbols of racism carved in the mountain as they once did. Many come to see a light show, which they do every night. If you've been there, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And if you haven't been there, I guess you can go online and check it out. Amen. During that light show, the images of racism are, are, are flashed on the side of the mountain. They use giant lights, but, but the show doesn't end the way it used to end. It now ends with an image of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King superimposed over the Confederacy. And as the music plays and the flags wave and the cold stone of the mountain seems to shout out, out of the mountain of despair, comes a stone of hope. Martin Luther King was not God, church. He was a messenger sent from God. His message to the downtrodden and to the lost is, is that when it appears that injustice has risen and unanswered and conquers all challenges, that there is still hope today. Can I get a witness? That was the message that Dr. King brought America that day. As Christians, we, we cherish that hope. It's, it's a beautiful hope that sets us free. I'm talking to the church now, and if you don't miss, you miss this if you're not walking with him already. Our text that we read in Daniel uh, chapter 2, verse 45, focuses on 
an interpretation of a dream. Amen. A dream that the king had. He he dreamed. You know, his name King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and his heart was troubled by the dream. And 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 and, and, and it got worse. Because the fact of the matter is he couldn't remember the dream. Amen. He just knew he had one and he was disturbed. He probably remembered bits and pieces, but, but, but he got even more disturbed because he couldn't remember. And he, he determined and he called on the soothsayers. He called on his wise men. He called on his, 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 his mediums and all those kind of smart people, uh, what do you call them, uh, tarot card readers and probably all these folks that we got around now. And he called on those wise folk to ease his troubled heart. But how many people know, hallelujah, he commanded them to tell him what tell him what he saw in his right. nightmare. Amen. And the second right. command was that they had to not only tell him what he saw, but tell him why he saw it. What was the interpretation? What what did the dream mean? And oh my goodness, if they failed. Oh man. They didn't just lose their job. They failed, and they would lose themselves and their families would be killed. Amen? Uh, must have been a tough job working for that king. Amen? Uh, the wise men could not tell or interpret the dream. They were there. They weren't in his chambers that night as he lay tossing and turning. Uh, however... They pray. Ain't that funny how God can make anybody pray? Somebody help me here. And they said they started praying, I'm sure. And, and the call went out, and after considerable prayer, Daniel came before the king. Hallelujah. And aren't you glad that, that, that when a man God shows up, sometimes he has the answer. If you've been praying, maybe maybe this message is really for you today. You've been praying for relief, praying for a message from God. Well, I'm here to tell you that out of despair, there's a stone of hope today for you. Nebuchadnezzar's dream involved a statue with a head of gold, uh, breasts and arms of silver, and the belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron and feet and toes of iron and clay mixed together. Now, that's kind of strange. And, and, and Daniel was given... The interpretation from God, amen. Daniel didn't have no magic potion. He didn't throw up no dust in the air, but he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord delivered to his man at that time. And it was interpreted as being a dream that depicted all of the history of man. From the time of Nebuchadnezzar, from the head of gold, and the Babylonian Empire, through the rise of the Medo-Persian Empire, and the chest and the arms of silver, then the rise of the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great, the bronze stomach and thighs. Then on to the rise of the Roman Empire under the great Caesars. That, that brought legs of iron. And, and if you understand, we got two legs, so that showed that the Roman Empire would split into two divisions uh, by those legs. And, and the final earthly kingdom would be represented by the feet and toes of mixed iron and the potter's clay. And that was to show that just as while there was strength and power in the final kingdom, there will also be weakness and impurity there. Our text says Daniel explained to the king that the images of the dream represented the rise of evil powers in the world that would dominate for a time. 
forming a mountain of despair for those who are crushed under the power. However, uh, aren't you glad today that the, out of that mountain would come a single stone, uh, a stone of hope that would bring about an era of peace, an era of love, and so much so that justice would run down as waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Oh, the last world kingdom, hallelujah, would, would be crushed by the stone, which is Jesus Christ. The stone will come forth out of despair. Can I get a witness? Did he come out of a despairing situation? They laid him in a borrowed tomb. Hey, hallelujah. But he came out early Sunday morning. And, and I'm telling you today that out of that mountain came one that would become a mountain that would fill the whole earth. And the Bible says the kingdom will never end. So is anybody there today? For Nebuchadnezzar, the dream was devastating. It meant that with all the power and all the knowledge and all the splendor and wealth he was able to amass, he still had clay feet. His kingdom would still be brought down. Oh, believers, please take heart in the prophecy because it notes that the dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. Oh, this mountain of despair. Today in America, we face such a mountain. Just as Stone Mountain in Georgia ushered in depressed images in the minds of African Americans across the nation, there are conditions in our nation, even today, that form a mountain of despair for us. Oh, you don't believe me. Uh, We are discouraged by much of what we see in America. We are discouraged that our people are slowly drifting away from the desire to be self-sufficient. We preach faith, freedom, and personal responsibility at Greater Exodus, the Western Mission. But it can be discouraging as millions have adopted an attitude that the government owes them something. Oh, I'm messing with somebody now. I know. Hallelujah. Don't turn your computer off. Don't keep your rocks in your pocket. It begins when we believe that we are entitled to a free lunch in school while we save our money for the football game on Friday night. Anybody help me here? You want free lunch, but you're eating pizza today, getting ready to watch the Super Bowl, having a tailgate party. I'm meddling, amen, but I do that sometimes. We feel we must pay for the game, but we're entitled to free lunch. Ah, We feel that we're entitled to money from the government for life if we have children out of wedlock. Hallelujah. When we have more children, we feel we're entitled to a raise and maybe even some free housing and maybe some transportation. Oh, oh, and don't forget health care for all. Hallelujah. Farmers feel entitled to subsidies and businesses feel entitled to bailouts. I mean, anybody know about Chevy and uh, and Toyota and all these other folks to get money, and now they're still crying. And a whole nation seems to want someone to give them something for nothing. That's a mountain of despair, church. We 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 are discouraged when we look back at the schools. Uh, some of us older folks have come out of schools that were once icons of achievement, and now they're failing. It's very discouraging to see students coming to high school with third-grade reading skills. Isn't it, isn't it sad? 
since the business community knows that the average prison inmate has just a third-grade reading ability, plans are, are being made every day across this great nation to build new prisons directly proportionate to the number of teenagers who read on a third-grade level. Can I get a witness? It is concerning to see so many students who have sentenced themselves to lives less than their potential. Freedom, faith, personal responsibility. They abandoned the idea of going to college or higher education, hanging out on the corners with their pants down around their knees with big duck buckles. Everybody want to be a rapper. Everybody want to be a baller. Hallelujah. Forgot about what it takes. And some even just their hopes only go as high as a job at McDonald's. Now, don't, 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 don't throw your rocks at me. Ain't nothing wrong with working at McDonald's as a stepping stone. Ain't nothing wrong working at none of these other places to help you get some work history. Or maybe they just want to go into the military. So once again, the government can take them. But where, where are our leaders? Where are the people who began math and the civilization of the African-American people? All over the country today, people were probably reading about some of the great African-American inventors like George Washington Carver and, and all yep. of the names that we speak every year, all Black History Month, we will be puffing our chest out and, and, and waving our hands in the air like we just don't care. And, and I'm trying to tell you that we need to, to back up a little bit and, and re reconfigure and re-grab our moral superiority in Christ Jesus. This is a mountain of despair for this country. Church, we are discouraged when we see our moral values falling apart to the point that many of our children will live together rather than marry or engage in homosexual lifestyles and, and claim it as a new civil right. I, that, that, that just chaps my hide right there, amen? I don't know no homosexuals that had to uh, be chased down with a water hose or, or be driven away by dogs or beat by the police. Hallelujah. Uh, but I'm going to get off my soapbox, but you need to understand where I am. Amen. Some will steal until they get caught. Amen. And, and see, nothing wrong with buying hot merchandise from stolen television sets to pirated DVDs. Can I get a witness? I know I'm talking to somebody. Some soul on the corner, soul in the barbershop. And that's a mountain of despair, church. We stand and we march. Amen. I was just privileged to march in the March for Life in San Francisco, 50,000 people strong. Amen. And we we march to save lives of the unborn. As I told you, I'm a post-aborted father. I have no biological heirs, but through the grace of God, and sending a woman into my life, hallelujah, my wonderful wife Emily and her children, and through uh, another prior relationship, I have 24 wonderful children that call me Papa Bear. And I'm so grateful that even though my 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 line has been severed. God has seen fit to give me somebody to nurture. Amen. But but the mission He's put me on now is to grab these men that have been uh, stained and damaged by abortion that that we never talk about. All you men listening to me right now, 
you can you can get in touch with me whatever you feel like it, but if you have had an abortion in your life and you got that closet in there, you've let Christ into your home. He he's welcome in the living room, he's welcome in the kitchen, welcome in the game room, welcome in the family room, welcome in the bathroom and welcome in the bedroom. But but you've got a closet down the hall there with something in it that is stinking up the house, amen. And you need to know our Savior. Can't be where no sin is. That's a mountain of despair, church. And you need to understand that you can open that closet, and He will go in, and He will help you clean that thing up. Oh, you you confessed everything else. Yeah, you confessed your addiction. You've confessed your homemongering. You've confessed your thieving. You've confessed your lying. But that one thing that you've never told anybody that you've been holding on to, Hallelujah! You need to let go and let God have it today. And I, I, I give God the glory for you that have heard that. If that's the only thing you're on today, then if you're under the sound of this weak voice, hallelujah, only made strong by, by the anointing of the Spirit of God, you need to come clean and let God know. He already knows, but tell him, hallelujah, you want to be forgiven. Amen? We stood in March this weekend and and while our judges and our courts decide whether it's a real baby or a clump of cells, even some of those who seem to worship give reason for despair. I, I don't understand how the the black church, the white church, the green church, and the blue church can stand in disagreement with God's word because the way I look at it, no sperm goes to no egg without being directed by God. Amen? A whole lot of sperm go, a whole lot of eggs there, but nothing happens. Some plants, some water, but it's still God who gives the increase. Church, there are thousands of people who stop reading their Bibles and stop seeking salvation through the kingdom of God. And we, church, have to be disciples making more disciples. Oh, I know you want to let the preacher go. You want to let the pastor go and bring people to the Lord. And then we'll come to church, shout, have a good time, jump up and down, climb the curtain, step on the devil's head, boo-hoo and cry, holler and groan and moan. But I'm telling you today that God has called each and every one of us to, 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 to herald the good news. He said, my Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and you shall be a witness. Where in Jerusalem? Where is your Jerusalem? At the corner store, at the quick stop, at the 7-Eleven, at the, at the Winn-Dixie, at the Piggly Wiggly, or wherever it is you live, whatever part of the country you're in, at the Save Mart, at the Safeway. Hallelujah. We need to be after souls in this thing. Out of a mountain of despair comes a storm of hope, church. Hallelujah. So pick up your Bibles and get back into the Word of God. Many people only think of God as a person who can help them when they get in trouble. I preached a little time ago about Paul and Silas. They were in jail, and they began to pray. But not only did they begin to pray, they also began to sing. How many of you, when you've been in a mountain of despair, have you been able to sing? I ain't talking about that song that said, Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen. I'm talking about that song that says, Take Me to the King. Hallelujah. I'm talking about that song that says, Hallelujah. I woke up this morning with my mind 
stayed on Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I believe Paul and Silas were praising him in the midst of their despair. And out of the mountain, hallelujah, there's an earthquake shook the mountain, amen, and the stone, hallelujah, Jesus came and rescued them. So if you've got all this going on, quit praying to God, asking him for money, asking him for material blessings and prosperity. I ain't got no problem with prosperity. He promised it. But let me tell you, if that's all you're preaching, you're missing the whole thing. If he can't do it, for you, do you feel like you got a little use for him in this generation of children? This is a mountain of despair, church. The economic climate of our nation is in despair. It is despairing to have the right to sit at a lunch counter and not have enough money to buy a hamburger. It's despairing to have the right to sit at the front of the bus and then don't have bus fare. It's despairing not to have a job, and even more despairing when there are no jobs to be found. There's certainly a mountain of despair in America. For some days, if we are not careful, the feeling of desperation uh, that come upon us can create so much, it'll get into the fiber of your very being, and you will become a pessimist. Amen? This was the same atmosphere that Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King stepped into in 1954. It was a despairing time for the black man in America. It was a time when our people had become sick and tired. That's when he told a nation in no uncertain time that we should be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen? Hallelujah. When we attempted to wallow in self-pity, we attempted to wrap ourselves in disparities of despair and drapery, we, we heard the words of a song, an old James Cleveland song when I was a boy. He said, I don't feel no way tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy. Ah, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. And I'm getting ready to close now. Finally, brothers and sisters, we, we must consider that in the midst of the despair of our times, there is a stone of hope. Daniel painted a picture for the king of all the evil nations, all the oppositions and the tragedies that were going to fall on Israel. He showed how one subsequent government after another, after another, would work against the people of God themselves, and even the efforts of the people themselves would topple as the giant with clay, with clay fell. And, and let me tell you something. I see that happening today. I ain't got to tell you what's going on. You know your paycheck has went down. You hear what's coming out of the White House and the Congress and every other house in D.C. that call themselves governing. Everybody over there is a millionaire. But while we are in despair, out of all this despair, Daniel saw a stone of hope. Out of all this despair, I see a stone of hope. That hope represents the presence and the power of God. Hallelujah. Rolling out of a mountain early Sunday morning to bring down the forces of evil that are bringing misery into this world. Church, we got to grab a hold of the stone again. That stone that came in the form of a dream. Daniel said, the promise of a dream is certain, church, and the dream is for us to have one nation under God. The dream is for us to boldly say what's written on our money. In God we trust. 
The dream is for us to hold on to God's unchanging hand. The dream did not begin with Reverend Martin Dr. Luther King. It is a dream given to the world by Christ himself before the foundation of the world. It is a dream that one day, as the old folks said, the wicked will cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. It's a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain shall be made low. Aren't you glad? I'm glad to know that every mountain of despair that shows up, that there's a stone of hope. And hallelujah, the true heroes of faith are those who teach us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. He is the stone for African Americans, for Chinese Americans, for Mexican Americans. Hallelujah. We got to cut all this stuff out. The racism that surrounds us sometimes seems insurmountable. I'm so tired of, of family and friends that, that, that want to uh, tell me about being black. I know how to be black. I've been black almost 59 years of my life. I've had the pain. But I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say it right now, that supersedes every bit of blackness in my life. Hallelujah. But Dr. King, the challenge, hallelujah, is to find there's an increase in terms of real source of security and hope that hewn out of the mountain of despair, the stone of hope. I don't know about you, but I came to praise the Lord today. The hope is the only hope that's in the world today. Every other hope is impermanent and untrustworthy. This hope, hallelujah, was painstakingly hewn out of our troubles and been presented to us as a dream of what can be when God has his way. Even when we look at it, the situations in our families, in our businesses, in our lives, in our country, God always shows us a sign that things will get better. He gives us a stone of hope today. Our children, anybody had any that wandered off on strange paths? I know my mom and daddy were tired of me, amen? But, but, but then they had a stone of hope in Jesus. My mama prayed for me. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad she prayed? Somebody prayed for me today. When, when we were lost, when we are lost and can't find our way, Darkness is everywhere. Then we need to look for the stone of hope. This is my hope today. Hallelujah. Nebuchadnezzar had a great kingdom, but it had clay feet. It would be broken by a stone. That was the hope of the people. There are many who know the stone of hope. Hallelujah. And Israel faced the challenges of a giant. Goliath, a small boy, brought him down with a slingshot and a single stone of hope. Somebody help me here. A woman stood surrounded by her accusers who were ready to stone her, but Jesus said, He without sin cast the first stone. When no one knew the stone, it became her stone of hope for one more chance. Nebuchadnezzar saw his kingdom being replaced by a stone. But believers today, need to stand on the rock, the rock which is Jesus. What is this rock? 
is so strong that it can bring transformation to a mountain of despair. What is this rock that is so influential that it turns your enemies into your friends? What is this rock that brings down barriers of segregation and provide opportunities and justice for all? What is this rock? This little rock was there before the empire of the Babylonians. This little rock was there and surpassed the empires of the Medes and the Persians. This same rock surpassed the glory that was Greece and the grandeur that was Rome. Hallelujah. This little rock began in Bethlehem and continued to grow in Nazareth. This little rock grew larger as he fed thousands, healed the sick, raised the dead. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one, the one who died on Calvary. He's the one who was buried in a borrowed tomb. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad today that he didn't stay there? He got up early Sunday morning. This rock is Jesus. Out of the despair that's in front of you today, recognize that there's a stone of hope. His name is Jesus. Amen. Oh, to God be the glory today. Today, under the sound of my voice, if you are in despair, you're trying to hold on, you're trying to wonder what's going on, you need to know that the rock, Jesus, is available to you. I don't know how we do it, but I'm going to do it just like I'm in church. If you're out there today and you need to find that stone of hope and you heard this message and you don't know him, then you need to make sure you can you can contact Brother Dwayne or you can contact me and go to Pastor Bruce E. Rivers on Facebook or tweet me on business, B-I-Z-N-E-S-S, Chaplain. And, and, and I will pray with you. Dwayne will pray with you for you to accept Christ. And you can accept him right where you are today. You can All you got to do is say, Father, why don't you just repeat that with me? Father, I've I said. I've Father, I want to come home. Father, I want to come home. And Lord, the and preacher Lord, said, that you would make a way out of no way. That you would make a way out of no way. So today, Lord, I give my life to you. So today, Lord, I give my life to you. Have your way. Have your way. Do your will. Do your will. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. And I accept your son, Jesus the Christ. And I accept your son, Jesus the Christ. As Lord over my life. As Lord over my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you just said that prayer, uh, Brother Thomas will give you some other information. But as I said, you can you can find me on uh, Pastor Bruce E. Rivers on Facebook on business, B-I-Z-N-E-S-S, Chaplain, on Twitter. Or you can go to the Greater Exodus Beast Baptist Church, the Western Mission on Facebook, and connect with me. We, we, are, we are about making disciples for making disciples. 
Our church is worldwide. We have a global reach via this this thing called the Internet, via this thing called social media. I've got a great book, a free book, uh, a free seven lessons on good news for you. If you'd like it, I can send you a, a PDF, amen, but you've got to come to one of those places and, and request it. Uh, and, and if you know any truck drivers, tell them we do truck stop ministry in a place called Satanella every Sunday morning, Satanella truck stop on Interstate 5. Uh, this year we had 200 truckers come through our ministry last year. This year we're, we're standing, and we believe a church in every truck, amen. We're going to go to what they did in the book of Acts. We're going to go house to house. We're going to come to your house. Amen. I know you you got a church home. Amen. Amen. But I want you to know that you are still the church. And you can take this, share this with your pastor. It don't cost nothing. We're not asking for nothing. We're asking you, if if you don't have a church home, you can walk with us. And we'll help you and and try to find it. I got 300 pastors in, in our Pure Pastors Network all around the country. So we got places we can send you to. If you don't have a church home, if you do, have your pastor get in touch with me. I'll share this information with him. It's all about enlarging the population of heaven. We have one desire, one mission, one vision, and we want to impact our community for Christ. I thank Brother Thomas Dwayne for allowing me to do this today, and we're going to pray, and you know how to reach us. God bless you today. Father God, thank you again for another opportunity to share your word. Thank you for how you poured in so we can pour out. Lord, bless Brother Thomas, uh, Brother Smith, as he continues to share this platform, share this gospel. But you said until the word is heard, hallelujah, every Christian, every person must hear the word. And then, Lord, Maranatha, we await your coming. Come quickly, Lord. Come, but, Lord, let us tell more people a dying world about a saving Jesus. We love you today, and to, unto him who is able to keep us from falling, to fill us falling before the all-wise God, be majesty, glory, dominion, power, and praise. In Jesus' name we say, amen. 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 Wow. That was, uh, uh, that was a powerful message, and that's why I wanted to message. Why I wanted you to come on because uh, you you deliver the message in a way that that people are able to just you know they get it now like with me for instance I'm just I'm just like uh, I got to have that depending on the depending on the pulse of the spirit I would yeah. come with the prophetic word that will have people prepared standing on in, but yeah, yeah. You do that because, as you know, prophecy is for uh, exhortation, admonishing, building up, yeah. Yeah. and And so it was yeah. like at the beginning when I had to address the pro-life issue. So, Amen. you know, because... Like I said, I'll go back to my scripture. A kingdom divided against itself falls into desolation. House divided right? against the house falls. And I yeah. and I'll even give a I'll give a political example of that which my friend Annie of Southern Sense in her room could probably he'll probably get a chuckle out of this. But Carl Rove, uh, who 
was supposed to be a big conservative stalwart in the conservative community, he attacked key party members and stuff like that. Well, yeah. in 12 they raised $325 million. This year, they've only raised 6.1. So it's uh-huh. like... So it's like when you when you purposely seek to divide someone, it doesn't do any good, you know. My God, my God. So, so the secret, and this is what people have to realize and what they have to understand: the secret to taking this nation back is founded yes. in the biblical worldview. Period. But, you know, you have a lot of conservatives who want to hide their faith. They say, "Well, it's." It's mine personal. Yeah, okay? Yeah. That's not what the Word of God says. It says that you, uh, it said, uh, uh, it says that we are to be the salt and the life, light of the earth. And if we are yeah. to be the salt and the light of the earth, then um, if we are to be the salt and the light of the earth, then what else can. What else does that mean? You know. So anyway. You know, you know, Brother Thomas. I, I must say, you know, you are so right, and you know, and, and you know, and we we've been on this. We've been at the forefront of this line when we were in D.C. Uh, you know, I looked at at some of the stuff that's going on. You know, we we take a lot of heat. We take a lot of heat from family and friends that that have have. We what do we say? They are still on the plantation, hey man. Uh, still looking for the forty acres and the mules. Still looking for the handout. The gimme, gimme, gimme. And, right. and and instead of going on and doing their thing, I mean, here's a, you. You're a young man, and you have chosen to to you know with all of the the things that are available. Here you are on the on the internet on Blog Talk Radio. I I wanted to be on there, but I just hadn't done it, and now. So, so it was for you to do to to open the platform for things to happen in in, in our lives, you know, and, and and you know, we like you say, we look people look at us and you say unassuming, like you say, I appreciate your comments. I I am a, a big burly kind of guy, and I do love children and children. Thank God, love me. I've always been around it. I was in, in school. My degree was in early childhood education. I like to play in the sandbox. Praise God. And so I appreciate your 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 recognizing the the the, the love that's in my heart, but it all comes from you because I recognize that same love in you. Um, when I met you, and uh, your Bible says for us to give honor, honor is due. The unassuming, you know, quiet spirit that you have, and you know, I want to tell the whole world right now, this little brother's a pistol. Uh, uh, because and he ain't no derringer either. He was fully, fully loaded uh, with, with a full clip, and uh, and you are dangerous to the devil. And, and so people people want to write us off for whatever reason, whether we don't look the way they think we should look, sound the way, or think we know what we know. But but if God be for us, He is more than all the world again. against us. Right. Uh, right. And, and, so we we must stand, and you're right. We have to pray for our, uh, you know, we 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 misuse this conservative title, we misuse the liberal progressive titles and all that. Look, the people of the body of Christ need to recognize they are first and foremost Christians, Christ-centered 
disciples, followers, or learn, dedicated learners in Christ. And if you get there first, all it says, did he say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I, get, I do get tired uh, 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 of brothers and sisters, and I'm talking about Christian brothers and sisters, that, that will say, well, I don't like killing babies either, but that but just takes, that's, that's like imitation strawberries, like Bill Cosby would say. The word imitation knocked the whole strawberry out of there. And, and right. if, if that's if that's your language, well, I, I, I'm, you know, I tell people that they're homophobic and all that. I don't know what that homophobic means, you're scared. I'm not scared of anybody in the homosexual lifestyle. I'm scared for the people in the homosexual lifestyle because I'm a soul man, and I'm a soul winner, and I want to win souls for Christ. And and I know they they might reject that. They might turn their nose up at me, and I know they'll talk about me. I mean, I'll be listening. i be trying to figure out what. People are always talk about what's on Fox News and how Fox News ain't. Well, you must be listening to Fox News if you, can, if you know all of that, you know. Uh, and, right. and, you know, I listen, I listen to all of them because, you know, you, you're not going to get the whole thing from Fox. You're certainly not going to get the whole thing from CNN and MSNBC and all these other uh, news organizations. But, but, but thank God for Blog Talk. Thank God for you for this show. I got some more preachers. I'm going to make sure that I get to you and have the word of God. Not, not a word, but the word. Uh, right. It's his word. And, and, and once again, I thank you so much for this great opportunity to be to be helping you relaunch, and uh, I pray you get some positive feedback. And uh, like I say, I, I'm like the scripture says, I, I, I pray without ceasing, I rejoice, and, and in all things I give thanks, not for all things, but in all things. So there's those of you that are still listening that are just, I just ticked you off. Hey, man, you're going to talk to God about it. If I said exactly. some things that it's you, I just upset your little apple cart, hey, man. You need to know that I apologize for nothing that God has promised and told me to say. Amen. Six things amen. he hates, J seven. I hate everything the Lord hates, amen. And I love everything the Lord told me to love. I love the Lord my God with all my heart and I love my neighbor as myself. And so you can't take that away from me. You you, you can't amen. make me doubt him. I've come too far. So thank you, my brother. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll out of here because my wife is so is calling me to eat. <laughs> I hear I hear the pots clanking in there, you know. And pray for me as I pray for you. And you ain't gonna recognize me when you see me. Me and my just so you know, we're doing the shred diet, the super shred with oh, Dr. Ian Smith. So I've lost oh, okay. twelve pounds. So you ain't gonna recognize me when you see me again, brother. I got some pictures to put up. And uh, right. so thank God for you. Thank God for your move down to Florida. May the Lord prosper you. And you let me know. You know, I've, I've started the uh, the boot camp again for the, for anybody looking to uh, do something with their young people. Or if you got that hardcore, unemployable person that maybe is falling down and, and can't get going again, I've got something for them. So you, you, you've got all the ways to contact me, Pastor Brucey Rivers, at Facebook. Right. Business, B-I-Z-N-E-S-S Chaplain on Twitter or Greater Exodus Baptist Church, the Western Mission on Facebook. We love you, Thomas Dwayne. Much love to you, man. I'll be talking to you. God bless. God bless you, Pastor.
Well, everyone, that was Pastor Lucy Rivers. He delivered a powerful message this season and now this season. And uh, we had, I would say, a successful relaunch of Reality in Christ Worship Radio Worship and Word. So before we go tonight, I'm going to just bring on my producer, Tahit, and ask her, what did you think of the message tonight, Tahit? Um, it was it was powerful. I mean, he said a lot of things that um, kind of hit home in my life, and I'm going to meditate on it and seek the word and continue to move forward. Amen. That uh, see, when when I asked Pastor Bruce on, I did not know what he was going to. I did not know what he was going to teach on because I didn't tell. I didn't give him a subject. And see, as you know, a lot of times the preacher, you know, invited guests to a church. A lot of times they'll tell you, don't don't preach on certain stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, we we can't do that do that that way because when you're led by the spirit of the Lord, you let the you spirit you stifle experience. the spirit when you do that. So you can't do that exactly. Exactly. So I am going to play one song. It's a very long song, but before we do, and it's going to take us out tonight, but before we go, I want to pray. Mm-hmm. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you for the message that was delivered today, Lord. We thank you for an opportunity to have had delivered another word, Lord God. We thank you for the relaunch of worship and word. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share, to be blessed by Pastor Bruce E. Rivers, Lord God. And I ask that you bless, lift up, love, and protect his family. I thank you for Tahis Martinez and the work that you're doing in her life, Lord God. I, I ask that you continue to bless her, continue to strengthen her, continue to give her wisdom that can only be found in you. Father, we love you and we say we bless you. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, this song right here that I'm about to play, it's uh, Kurt Franklin, Dr. Robert Nance, Something about the name of Jesus. And I want to say thank you to all those who tuned in tonight. And be be back this Wednesday for another episode of Reality in Christ, Worship and Word. We're living in a day and time. What being politically correct is popular. Let me turn that around again. We're living in a day and time where everybody sings the name God. But nobody wants to say the name Jesus. We don't want to offend the Muslims. We don't want to offend the Jews. We don't want to offend the Arabs. And so therefore we crucify him of flesh. 
But I want you to know that there will come a time when every Muslim, when every Buddhist, when every Jew will have to get down on their knees and have to confess that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So I want every blood-washed believer to not wait until then. And if you've ever gone through something, you know right here that there's something about the next something else. Something about lazy. Something about the name. Something about lazy. It's the sweetest name. Yeah. It is the sweetest name. Sweetest name I know. I know. And I love that name. The sweetest thing we have is the sweetest name. Just take a minute and explain to him what you're really trying to say. What you're really trying to say. Don't say some people. Some people say I'm crazy, but I can't explain. I can't explain. The power. The power that I feel when you call his name. When I call your name. That's fire, that's fire. And it's just like fire. Where's it? Where's it? Shut up in my nose. When the Holy Ghost gets to move, Then it won't leave me alone. Put it up with us, girl. Put it up with us, girl. Everybody. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Something about the land. Something about the land. It's the sweetest name, yeah. It is the sweetest name. Sweetest name I know. I know. Wave at me if you love that name. Oh, how I love that name. Oh, how I love that name. It's the sweetest name, yeah. It is the sweetest name. How sweet is it? I want you to tell the choice for a minute. How sweet is it? Sweeter than honey. That is sweet as a honey. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh. From the honeycomb. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. When the Holy Ghost gets to moving, this won't leave you alone. Then he won't leave me alone. Oh, no. And I tell every Muslim member to do in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What's going to happen to me?
Good night and God bless.